SFFBI listeners, and welcome to Backlist of the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams, I am recording on September 23rd, and today I am talking about books for Latine Heritage Month, also known as Hispanic Heritage Month. But before I get into my picks, I'm going to tell you about our next sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him. Unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloan Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate or tempt her more than a certain billionaire heir with his stupid dimples and laid-back attitude. She may be forced to work with him, but she'll never fall for him because he's a client and that's all he'll ever be, right? Right, girl, like we all know. So just in case you didn't know, author Anna Wong is the best-selling author and book talk viral author of the Twisted Love series, the King of Sin series. Miss Wong got it going on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Okay, let's get right into it. And I I think I want to start with A witchy read because we are approaching the Halloween season. I am thinking a lot about how to decorate for Halloween. I'm getting into the fall mood and I am recording the day after the autumnal equinox. So I'm really excited even though I miss summer already. But I wanted to talk about Labyrinth Lost by Zoraida Cordova. And this is the first book in the completed Brooklyn Brujas trilogy. We've talked about it, I think, at least a couple times on this show, this book and this series, because it's so fantastic and it really is a perfect vibe setting for 
the fall and for the Halloween season. So this is a YA fantasy. It follows Alex, who's this young woman. She's born into a family of brujas. And the thing about Alex is that she does not want to be a bruja. She doesn't want to have anything to do with magic. Uh, I don't understand this. And I I come across a, a few books. Um, a few of my favorites actually are about witches who do not want to be magical and who want to fit in, don't want magic in their lives. And I'm always like, one part of me is like, I love reading about these stories because I know hopefully they're going to come around. And another part of me is like, why though? It's so wonderful. I would do anything to have magic in my life. But anyway, so Alex has her death day celebration. The day has come upon her. She does not look forward to it because uh, her death day celebration is the day she gets her powers. She comes into her powers on this day. So she's dreading it. And because of this dread she feels and these feelings she has in general around magic, she makes a terrible decision. She makes one really bad decision and her whole family disappears as a result of that. So Alex, of course, is not happy about this, and so she knows that she has to fix what's been done, and in order to fix what's been done, she has to venture into a place called Los Lagos, and Los Lagos is this uh, other world, and she has to venture into darkness to find her family. All she has is a guide by the name of Nova. Nova is a young man who says he knows the way to Los Lagos. And so they go on this journey together into this strange place that has lots of surprises. And Alex knows very little about her guide. He's a stranger to her. And there are so many possibilities and so many ways things can go awry. There's a lot of uncertainty here. But it's a wonderful story. I love books about magical families, especially when they involve sisters. And this one does involve sisters. And I have, you know, as I said, lots of feelings about characters who have magic in their lives, even when they reject it. I love generational stories where generations of uh, families have had magic or are witches and practice witchcraft. This is one of those stories as well. So yeah, if you're if you're ready to get into that fall spirit and thinking a lot about Halloween and trying to get into the mood of Halloween and not, uh, you know, uh, grieve the loss of summer, then I would definitely pick up this book. There's magic. There's queer specifically by rep on the page there's a secondary world and a literal journey as well as a journey of self-discovery and acceptance this is a great one for fans of witchy books like me again that was labyrinth lost by zoraida koryova my next pick is a science fiction novel, and it is Infomocracy by Malka Older. This was actually Older's debut novel, and what a debut novel to come out the gates with. This is the first book in the Sentinel Cycle, which is a completed trilogy. And I should have mentioned before, I can't remember if I did, 
Labyrinth Lost is also uh, the first book in a completed trilogy. So you have a whole set of books here to go forth and digest. So in Infomocracy, we have this futuristic world where information, capital I, is this powerful search engine monopoly. So, you know, of course, what comes to mind initially is Google. And information gives access to information to people. And information is also behind the switch from these nation states, from nation states battling it out basically to the world having this global micro-democracy. And in this world, there are these sentinels that act as a sort of, as sort of like micro-electoral units. I think it was like 100,000 people are within these micro-electoral units or sentinels. And then on top of that, in the world of infomocracy, people are sort of regionally grouped into these homogenous democracies across the globe, which is ruled by a supermajority. This is a lot, even as I'm saying it, I'm like, uh, this is a lot, a lot to take in. And there is a lot of world building right from the beginning of the book because it's important to kind of understand how this world and the politics of this world specifically function to understand the story because it is so much about the politics and about the people involved in making this world run, in railing against it, in, you know, basically campaigning around the political structure. So what I mean when I say there are homogenous democracies is like, think about if everyone with similar ideologies, religions, races, and backgrounds were able to just go wherever they wanted across the world and set up in places where people shared their beliefs and backgrounds, et cetera, and they were able to have their own micro-democracy uh, that represented their very specific um, beliefs and backgrounds. So that's what the world looks like when we are introduced to the characters in the story. And we're introduced to the characters mere days away from the next election cycle. And there's this corporate coalition party. Uh, there are popular parties and there are corporate parties. And um, the corporate coalition party heritage has won the last couple of elections and so the next election cycle is a big deal. There are lots of coalitions that are trying to get the supermajority. And we have these four characters who have close ties to various campaigns fighting real hard uh, to win above all of the others. So we have Mishima, who's an operative. We have a couple of operatives uh, Mishima is working with information and she is my favorite character in this series. So Mishima's an operative working with information. We also have a political operative by the name of Ken who is working and campaigning for the idealistic policy first party. So policy first is the sort of like environmentally minded uh, party within this world. And then we have Domain, who's this anarchist. Uh, and when I was talking about railing against the system, think of Domain. Um, really is not 
with the whole structure of the politics of the day and wants to work against it in whatever way um, Domain can find. And then we also have Yoriko, who's this taxi driver who is also with Policy First and is basically like a spy. So taxi driver by day, spy by night, undercover. So this is a really complicated, interesting, complex story, and it really shows off Malka Older's knack for uh, taking a really critical, analytical look at politics. Uh, Older actually has background in um, political academics and... It makes sense that she would come through with a book like this that is so much in theme with the, or I guess it's a, it's a book that is really speaking to the current political zeitgeist. I'm sure you got some, uh, semblance or some hint of that from the description, but there's a lot here that really speaks to the climate of politics today in a sort of frightening way, of course. Um, but this is a great one for cyberpunk fans, for poli-sci majors and politicos out there, uh, people who are looking for books that are kind of maybe cathartic for dealing with what's going on in the world today. There's a lot of world building, as I said. There's a lot of action as well. And there's also a slow burned romance. So lots going on in this book. A really great um, challenging and interesting story. And again, that was Infomocracy by Malka Older. So that's it for my picks today. And I hope that you will celebrate books by Latine authors this month and year round. There is no need for a a month to celebrate these books that are wonderful and that I love a lot. So check out Infomocracy and Labyrinth Lost. And I'll talk to you next time. SFF Yeah is sound edited by Caitlin Brame. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening. Email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you have a moment, please do review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps people find us, and we love to hear feedback from you as well. You can find me on Instagram at Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And I'll talk to you next time.